श्रीराघवम दशरथात्मजमे सीतापति चैप्टर सेवन पार्ट टू हियरिंग विश्वामित्रा एक्सटोल द रिवर इन सच सुपरलेटिव टर्म्स रामचंद्रा सेट हाउ डिड माई एंसेस्टर्स मैनेज टू लीड डाउन टू अर्थ a river with such amazing attributes of power and purity if you can describe to us the story we can derive great joy therefrom when vishwamitra heard this request presented with such humility he said rama listen in ancient times ayodhya was ruled by the emperor named sagara he was a righteous ruler and a valiant hero Fascinated by his qualities of head and heart, the king of Vidarbha gave him his beloved daughter Kesini in marriage. She too was a strict follower of dharma. She never wavered from the path of truth. But since even after the lapse of many years, they were not blessed with progeny. Sagara married the charming daughter of Arishtanevi named Sumathi as his second wife. with the concurrence of Kesini she too proved barren and so the king decided to spend the rest of his life in ascetism he went to the bank of a stream by the side of which the sage brugu was having his hermitage and with his two wives he plunged into the most severe disciplines of the anchorites a long time elapsed thus one day at break of dawn the sage brugu staunch upholder of truth appeared before him and said o king and this tormenting of the body this ascetism you will earn unparalleled renown in this world 
before long you will be endowed with the bliss of having a son born unto you as soon as these words of compassion and grace fell on his ear sagara opened his eyes and saw the sage standing before him immediately he fell at his feet and signed to the wives too to do likewise he prayed that the sage may bless them directly the senior queen kesini bowed her head low and fell at his feet with many an adultery hymn emerging from her lips brugu asked her mother do you desire a single son so that the thread of continuity be not broken or do you desire a large number of sons who will be endowed with enormous physical valor and vast renown she replied that a single son will satisfy her and prayed that her wish may be gratified brugu accepted her request and blessed her likewise when the second queen sumathi prostrated before him he asked her the same question she craved for strong brave celebrated sons in plenty and so the sage granted that desire and blessed that it be fulfilled elated by the blessings of the sage sagara returned to his capital city accompanied by his wives they fixed their minds on the boons they received and spent their time happily within a few months both queens conceived and awaited the happy event when the 9 months had passed kesini delivered a son and sumati gave birth to many as the days sped by the sons romped about and played excitedly with children of the same age and later started moving out beyond the palace in search of companions and for the sake of games the son of kesini ashwamanja by name took them to the sands of the sarayu river he used to take delight in throwing the children into the river and laughed outright in glee when the child was drowned soon he earned an infamous reputation as the worst criminal in the kingdom when they emerged out of their teens sagara selected suitable royal brides for each of them and had the marriages celebrated ashwamanja continued his wickedness however and the residents of ayodhya had heart-rending grief as a result of his incorrigible viciousness one day they approached sagara and amidst loud wailing represented to him the atrocious acts of his eldest son at this the king ordered that ashwamanja should immediately leave the city and that he must be exiled into the forests ashwamanja had a son born to him by them so he had to leave behind his wife and son besides his parents years passed ashwamanja's son amshumantha grew up one renowned throughout the world as lovable virtuous and valiant once sagara decided on the performance of the great ashwamedha horse sacrifice and fixed an auspicious moment for starting the rites while vishwamitra was at this point in his narration 
Rama put in a question. Master, was the horse sacrifice performed in Ayodhya or did he choose some holy river bank for the purpose? Vishwamitra smiled and replied, Rama, I am realizing how earnest you are about sacrifices and how reverent your attitude towards sages is. I shall describe it in detail as you desire. Listen, there is a holy range facing the Himalayas from a distance called the Vindhya range. The region in between is sacred for all yajnas and yagas. The horse sacrifice was done in that region. Experts in the recitation of Vedic hymns gathered there and the mountains echoed and re-echoed to the loved and correct recital of the prescribed ritual formula. ಆಯತನವಾಯತನಂಯತನವಾಯತನಂಯತನವಾಯತನವಾಯತನವಾಯತನವಾಯತನವಾಯತನವಾಯತನವಾಯತನವಾಯತನವಾಯತನವಾ
mountains, hills, lakes, rivers, caves, towns and villages, forests and deserts. Why lengthen the list? They looked closely at every yard, every foot on the ground. While they were proceeding thus, they found in one place a hermit deeply immersed in dhyana. The horse was there near him, calmly nibbling grass. They were overcome by delight when they saw the horse and by anger when their eyes fell on the hermit. They were tossed between two conflicting emotions. They lost their sanity as a result of the irrepressible feelings. Their reason failed. Their hearts were petrified. They shouted in the ear of the hermit, Villainous brute, you have stolen our horse and hidden it in your backyard. The sage Kapila slowly opened his eyes and looked around. The sons of Sagara stood around him and poured abuses on his head. Some even got ready to give him a heavy thrashing. Kapila saw that words and arguments were futile weapons to meet those bullies. He decided that he must deal with them differently. He burned them into ash merely by casting his eye on them. Greatly distressed at the inordinate delay caused by their failure to return, Sagara was much agitated. How could he stop the sacrifice that he had half gone through? How could he continue and finish it? Seeing his plight, the grandson, Amshumanta, fell at his grandfather's feet and offered to search for the horse and his uncles and bring news about them if only he was sent on that mission. Sagara blessed him and sent him on that errand. Amshumanta was at his job day and night. At last, he was rewarded by success. He saw signs of his uncles having been reduced into a heap of ashes. He was anxious to perform obsequies for the departed souls, but he could not see any well, tank, lake or stream. This was essential for depositing the funeral offerings. Heavily laden with sorrow, he moved some distance forward. A reverent old man came across his path and told him, Do not allow grief to overcome you, dear son. Your uncles were reduced to ashes by sage Kapila with the welfare of the world also in view. Do not be content to offer the ritual obligations in mundane waters. Get the holy water of the celestial Ganga. Bring the Ganga down to earth and let the sacred waters flow over the ashes. Then the mains will be saved. But first, take the horse along with you and perform the sacrifice unto its glorious conclusion. Thereafter, you can think of ways and means to bring the heavenly Ganga to earth. Amshumanta fell at the feet of the hermit and hurried to his grandfather, where the Ajna was being held up for want of the consecrated animal. Sagara was awaiting its arrival with sleepless anxiety both night and day and so, when the horse was brought, he and the Rithviks were filled with delight. 
Amshumanta felt that it would not be proper to announce during the auspicious festival that his uncles had an untimely death through the sage's curse. So, he allowed the valedictory rite to come to an end. The priests and guests were given their share of votive gifts. Then Amshumanta gave a detailed account of what happened to the uncles and exhorted his grandfather to bring the heavenly river of unique sanctity down to the place where the ashes were lying. Sagara was delighted at the suggestion. He engaged himself in many ascetic disciplines and ritual ceremonies which, according to the advice of elders, would induce Ganga to give him the boon he wanted. But he could not succeed. He waned in health day by day as a result of grief at the loss of his sons and the failure of his attempt to ensure a bright future for them. At last, he cast off his body, a disappointed man. Rama, the ministers then crowned Amshumanta after consulting the will of the people. He ruled over the kingdom without the slightest error or fault for he was strong in morality and spiritual excellence. The people were fostered as if they were children born from his own loins. When old age crept on him, he offered the throne to Dilipa, his son, and proceeded to the Himalayas for the ascetic disciplines he wanted to impose on himself. His aim was not only self-realization, he sought to bring down the Ganga for the sake of salvation of the departed uncles. But he too had to give up his body without fulfilling the desire. Dilipa was also moved by the same wish for he knew how deeply his father and grandfather had longed for the consummation bringing the Ganga down on earth. He tried various means. He performed many abstruse yajnas on the advice of sages. Pangs of sorrow that he could not fulfill the family ideal invaded him and he became chronically ill. Seeing that physical strength and mental stamina were declining, he placed his son Bhagiratha on the throne. He entrusted to him the mission that was beyond his grasp, namely, bringing the Ganga down. Soon after, Dilipa too left the earth. Bhagiratha, bright with spiritual splendor, vowed that he must succeed in the task allotted to him by his father. Though he ruled the kingdom very satisfactorily, he was sad that he had no children to maintain the line. This, as well as the supreme task of getting the Ganga, forced him to hand the reins of government to the ministers and retire into the silence of the famous Gokarnakshetra. He stood there practicing austere penance like bearing the heat of the sun and taking food only once a month. At last, appreciating his austerity, God appeared before him and said, Son Bhagiratha, ask any boon you wish for, it shall be granted. Bhagiratha had the vision of the one with the brilliance of a thousand suns. He fell prostrate, overwhelmed with gratitude and devotion. He prayed, Lord, 
caused the celestial Ganga to flow on earth so that my great-grandfathers might be saved from perdition and be restored to heaven and favor me with children so that the Ikshwaku royal line might not be rendered extinct with me as its last representative. May the dynasty continue and flourish. He held fast the feet of the Lord and submitted his supplication. The Lord replied, Son, the first of your wishes is very hard to fulfill. Nevertheless, I shall grant you that one. The boon for the royal line? Yes, you will have a noble son and your dynasty will continue and flourish. Arise. At this Bhagiratha rose and the Lord continued, Bhagiratha, Ganga is swollen and swift. When it falls from heaven, the earth will not be able to bear the impact. So, as ruler of the earth, you have to ponder over the problem and discover means by which dire disaster can be avoided. When the Ganga descends upon the earth, the effect will be calamitous. So, the river must be made to fall first on the head of Shiva. From there, the waters may be led on to earth with lessened impact. This is the best course from the point of view of the inhabitants of the earth. Consider this well. After saying this, the Lord withdrew. From thence, Bhagiratha began austerities to propitiate Shiva and at last, he succeeded in winning his favor and his consent to receive Kanka direct on his head when it descends from heaven. And so it happened that the Ganga fell on Shiva and flowed down from his head onto the earth in seven distinct streams. Khladini, Nalini and Pavani flowed east. Subikshu, Sita and Sindhu flowed west. And the seventh stream followed the footsteps of Bhagiratha to where he led namely the place where the ashes of his great-grandfathers lay in heaps, awaiting rescue from hell. It flowed along the route that Bhagiratha took and all along the route, men benefited from the sacred stream and sanctified themselves. They were released from the effects of the sins by the cleansing influence of the celestial Ganga. The great-grandfathers too were redeemed by the performance of obsequies on the bank of the thrice holy stream and with its waters. Since Bhagiratha brought the Ganga to earth, the river got the name Bhagirathi. After the ceremonies for the mains were over, Bhagiratha returned to Ayodhya, happy that he could fulfill through divine grace the keenest wishes of his father and grandfather. He ruled over the empire for many years, receiving the spontaneous homage of his contented subjects. At last, he too left the body. When Vishwamitra narrated the story of Rama's forefathers thus, Rama and Lakshmana were all attention. They were enraptured with the incidents. But the sage said it was already midnight and they could go to bed and sleep. So, they prostrated before the preceptor and laid themselves on the thick sands of the river itself. Rama and Lakshmana could not sleep. They reclined on the sands only in obedience to the order of their preceptor, not because they needed rest. They lay picturing to themselves 
the wonderful story of the descent of Ganga from heaven to earth till they found that morning had arrived. There they performed the ablutions and morning rituals in the river and prepared soon for the journey ahead. As soon as some teenage disciples announced that the ferry boat was ready, all moved towards it and took their seats and crossed the holy river. They reached the northern bank and started on the further stages of their journey, admiring the heartening forest scenery through which they passed. When they had covered some distance, they came upon a vast city full of beautiful buildings. Rama turned to Vishwamitra and asked him, Master, we are seeing from here in this exquisite forest a vast city. To what kingdom does it belong? The sage replied, Rama, it appears to be near, but in fact, it will take quite some time for us to reach it. Perhaps we may arrive there in the evening hours. I shall tell you the story of the city's origin and fortunes when we actually reach it. Meanwhile, let us proceed. Rama heard these words, which the sage spoke with a twinkle in the eye and a smile on the lips. He grasped the meaning of his directive and walked on without a word in reply. When they descended into the valley, there was no sign of any city or human habitation. But on rising to the heights, the city could be seen very near. Moving forward like this, they found that though evening drew near, they could not reach the city. As Vishwamitra had already indicated, the city was still far away. As evening fell, they halted and after bath, they performed the evening rituals as laid down in the Shastras. While resting, Rama returned to the question he had already asked. Master, will you kindly tell us about the city? At this, Vishwamitra said, Rama, I too was just now thinking about that matter. Though I know that you are aware of the working of every mind, still, the wheel of Maya, taking the appearance as real, hides the fact and precipitates men into misleading tracks. All cannot be masters of the mind. When persons like me find it impossible to keep it under control, there is no need to dilate on the fate of ordinary men. The very moment the thought flashes in my mind that you had forgotten to ask about the story of the city, you questioned me about it. No further proof is wanted to show that you are the all-knowing Rama. End of Part 2 Chapter 7 Shri 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 Shri
राम सीता राम सीता राम सीता राम सीता राम सीता राम श्री राम जी की महिमा राम जी की महिमा श्यामल छवि अति सुंदर राम करुणा स्वरूप श्रीरा निर्मल स्वभाव श्रीरा करुणा स्वरूप निर्मल स्वभाव भक्तों के प्राण गुणशील नीरज नैरा श्यामल छवि अति सुंदर राविकुल मंडन दशरथ नंदन मुनिमन रंजना नयन बिरा जय जय श्री राम जय जय श्री राम जिनकी कृपा ने आखर बितारे एक ही बाण ने दुष्ट संभारे तारे एक ही बाण ने दुष्ट संभारे चरणों की धूल ने जन्म दिन उन्हीं का मना लो आज जन्म दिन उन्हीं का मना लो आज मुबारक हो सबको जन्म दिन रघुपति राघव राजा राम पतित पावन सीताराम रघुपति राघव राजा राम पतित पावन सीताराम 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 